Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. What's up, Fox River? How's it going? Good. All right. Hey, to all of our guests, right, to our entire Fox River family, what's up online? Okay, um, man, God gives us good gifts, doesn't he? Like chips and queso. It's not your average weekend. Come on. All right, but one of his best gifts to us is his good gift of prayer. Think about it. We get to talk. We get to speak with God, the one who made us and everything. Okay, we get to talk to him, and he hears us. And then furthermore, he answers us. Oh, man, that's that's crazy. We ask, and he is powerful to provide. And your prayers matter. Hear that. Your prayers matter. And not only does God hear us and answer it, not only does God provide, right, but we get a front row seat to see what God is doing, to see his hand move in the world, to see his grace upon the human hearts of our friends, family, and loved ones. And we get to be a part of that. Through prayer, we not only get to experience his working, but man, we get to experience God himself, don't we? All right? Man, a few years back, a friend and I, we were praying together. It was late at night. We were praying together in his kitchen. And we were in one of these seasons, all right? Some of you might know exactly what I'm talking about. Others might think I'm even more weird now. But we were just in one of these seasons where you say, man, we were on fire for God. Okay, we just, whatever God had, we wanted it. It didn't matter if it was easy, if it was hard. Whatever it was, God, give us more of you and more of your will. That's what we want. So we just prayed together in his kitchen. And we said, God, we don't know what you have, but we are available, right? We, here we are. Have your way with us. And that was about it. We didn't know what we were asking for. It was just kind of like, God, whatever you have, that's what we want. God heard us. And God answered the very next day. My friend's wife receives a phone call. might have been a text, actually. But she receives that, you know, communication. And, and we were given an opportunity, seemingly out of nowhere, right? But because we prayed, we knew what was going on, all right? But out of nowhere, this opportunity came to love on a family, to share the good news of Jesus with this family, and to come alongside them in prayer. Now, to be honest, we were a little afraid, because it wasn't like we could just turn to page 29 in our, this is how you do Christianity manual, you know, and it tells you how to do this. No, we were totally blind. We didn't know what this was going to be like. We didn't know what the need was at that moment. But we knew in the same way God was powerful to provide that opportunity, he was powerful to provide his power within that opportunity, right? So we prayed, and he provided, and we were like, wow. God, you are so good. Now, I want that for each of us today. More importantly, God wants that for each of us today, that we would experience him through prayer. In week four of our pray series, which is today, okay, we're going to be learning about this, and we're going to be hearing more about this. You're like, what is this? Your prayers with others and your prayers for others, they actually matter. With that said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, you made today. 
You made the heavens, the earth, the sea, all that is in them, Lord. You made us. God, you made potential for every possibility inherent in your creation. God, you are amazing. You're all powerful. You're all knowing. You're all present, but you're all loving as well. God, we confess so much of who you are. God, we are not. We confess, God, that you are perfect and we are not perfect. God, you are holy and and we are sinful. But God, we are so thankful for you. We're so thankful for your love and your grace toward us. Who are we, Lord, anyway, that you would consider us, God, that you would be mindful of us, those who were far from you by choice even, Lord. Still, who of us is too far that your outstretched arms towards us cannot save? God, you're so good to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, we desperately need your help today. Some of us are very comfortable with that statement. Some of us have to trust in that statement because we don't understand exactly how desperate we are without your grace. But God, close that gap for us. Help us to hear from you today. God, I pray that we would understand what you're trying to tell us. And Lord, by your grace and by your power, Lord, that we might respond by faith. But above all, Lord, and in all, Lord, be glorified. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Let's turn to Acts chapter 4 if you want. If you got your phone or you got your Bible with you or some kind of device, hey, turn there now. Acts chapter 4. Uh, here's the context as we step into Acts chapter 4. We're stepping into the early church. All right. This is really early. Okay. This is like two or three months after Jesus is crucified. All right. Here's what's taking place the apostles, they're performing miracles. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that sinners can be saved by grace through faith in Jesus, the one who was crucified and risen. The good news is being preached throughout all of Jerusalem and the nearby territory. And people are becoming Christians by the thousands. Man, everything, and that's not an exaggeration, everything is going great until Acts chapter 4. Because Acts chapter 4 marks the beginning, the very beginning of the first persecution of the church. See, the Jewish leaders, the ones who hated Jesus and killed Jesus, see, when Jesus died, those people that hated him and had him crucified, they were still living. And they not only hated Jesus, but now they hated his followers. All right, so Peter and John, in in Acts chapter 3, you can go check this out if you want, but they healed a guy who couldn't walk. They healed him, and now the guy walks, and a crowd gathered. And when that crowd gathered, Peter and John, they said, well, there's a crowd around. Let's tell them about Jesus. So they preached Jesus Christ. Now the Jewish leaders, like once again, the ones who hated Jesus and now hate his followers, when they caught wind of what was happening, they had Peter and John arrested, not only for the healing, because they healed in Jesus' name, but they were preaching in Jesus' name too. So they arrested him. They threw him in jail overnight. The next day, they put him on trial. Now eventually, Peter and John were released later that day, But when they were released from jail and the trial, um, and we're going to pick up the story in just a second, but when they were released, the religious leaders said to them, hey, no more preaching about Jesus. They forbid them to preach the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the only problem was this. Although they were saying, don't preach about Jesus, Jesus had told them to preach about Jesus. 
All right, so, so what in the world are they supposed to do? The local government or the authorities are telling them one thing, which directly contradicts what the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has called and commanded them to do. What are they to do? That's a rhetorical question. You know the answer, though, okay? So with that said, let's get into Acts chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 23. All right, here we go. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people, And they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Notice this. We're going to pause pause a few times throughout these, these verses. But notice what they do first. On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people. They went to tell others what was happening in their life. They went to tell others, man, this is what took place over the last day or so. Remember when we got arrested yesterday? Hey, this is what happened. All right, it's really important that we as believers, that we tell the people in our lives about what God is doing. It's really important that we tell our family members, like, this is what God is doing. This is what I heard at church. You can tell your neighbors about that, your friends. It's really important that you belong to a small group or, or some form of Christian community so that you can encourage each other and tell the good things that God is doing. That's called the testimony, by the way. That's a good thing. Fancy word, a little old school, but it's relevant. That's what Peter's doing. And it's important that we take notice of that because it's something good that we should be doing too. You always want to tell your story, okay? Now, out of that, into the next thought here, these Christians, right, not only Peter and John, but the rest of the 12 apostles, but also all the believers that they're telling this about, the entire early church, they're in a really scary situation, all right? Remember these Jewish leaders that killed Jesus a couple months before? These Jewish leaders, man, they're after the church now. They're after these believers. These guys are full of hate, no exaggeration, all right? They are really dangerous people, and they are very, very powerful. But the believers, understand this, by themselves, they are perfectly powerless. They cannot do what God has called and commanded them to do. They can't do it unless God steps in, right? They can't do it if they keep getting arrested. They can't do it if they eventually get killed. They need God to intervene. So in their weakness, in their powerlessness, what do they do? Well, they pray. And they pray together. Because they know God hears and they know God answers. They know That when they pray, God is powerful to provide. If we pray, he provides. And they know that their prayers will make a difference. All right, verse 24. So when they heard, right, everybody, when everybody heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. All of them prayed together, the whole lot of them. How many were there? I don't know the exact number, but there was a lot of them, okay? They all prayed together. Now, check this out. This is exactly what Jesus taught them to do. Remember when the disciples, remember a couple weeks ago when Pastor Guy was teaching, and and the disciples, they asked Jesus, hey, how do we pray? And Jesus answered him and taught them the Our Father prayer, basically, okay? Um, Jesus taught them to pray together. Check this out. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6. I want to show you something. Maybe this never dawned on you. It never popped out to me, but check this out. Listen for this language. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
I mean, man, there's a lot of we and us language there, isn't there? Jesus teaches us to pray together. Why? So that our prayers might be heard, all right? So that our prayers might be answered. So that his name would be glorified and so that God's people would be blessed. Because praying together, listen, here's part of how prayer, we're praying together, is part of how um, we're blessed as believers in that, is because when we pray together, it unifies the church. It unifies us. It inspires transparency. When I'm praying with you or you're praying with me, it's, it's, this, it's this, man, I'm just bearing my heart before you, right? If there's sin in my life, if, if we're praying together, you're going to hear about it. You know, because that transparency. And then there's going to be this confession. This confession, yes, between each other, but this confession also to God. And this dependency. God, I've got this problem. I've got this sin. I did this, God. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to forgive me. All of those things are cultivated. And our relationships are deepened. And our dependence on God is deepened too. And prayer together keeps continual connection with Christ all the time. Those are the ways that praying together blesses us. Prayer was designed to be a team sport. All right? We have the responsibility, and we also have the privilege to pray with one another, to experience God together even. Let's pick it up. Continue in verse 24. We only made it halfway through that verse. Okay, here we go. All right, back to Acts 4. Oh, and now they start to pray. Here's the actual content of their prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven. Remember, they're all praying this together now, okay? Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. This is straight from Psalm 146, by the way. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David, which was like a thousand years ago. And then they quote Psalm uh, chapter 2. They say, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. They're citing Psalm 2. They're saying, God, you wrote this through David, King David. You wrote this a thousand years ago, talking about this day that came now. All right, then in verse 27, they say this, Indeed, like the things you said a thousand years ago, Indeed, today, Herod and Pontius Pilate, they met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, just like you said. Verse 28, They did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. They're like, God, you are amazing. You're made, you made everything. And then a thousand years ago, you predicted this would happen to your anointed one, to your Messiah. And it happened. Oh, my goodness. Listen, they begin their prayer by focusing on God. They're praising him for who he is. They're praising him for what he's done. And together, they're confessing his power. And in the shadow of that, and this is true of every prayer, by the way, all right, when you confess the power of God, you're confessing your weakness as someone who's not God. I mean, think about it. We approach God because he's God and we're not. We approach God and we need him because he is able and we are unable. We seek God because he can and we can't. Because he's superior and we are inferior. Because he is God. And once again, we are not. In Acts 1, verse 8, 
Here's what Jesus said right before he ascended up into heaven. These were some of his final words, okay? He says, you will be, he's speaking to his apostles in his early church, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yet, they could not do that unless he helped. So, to the one who's powerful, the one who can predict, predict stuff and it comes to pass and he can coordinate it and orchestrate it to achieve exactly what he wants to happen. They're praying to that one. They're saying, Lord, we need your help. All right? They seek his strength and together they depend on him. They plead for his presence, for his power, and for his provision. God, we need you to provide something that we don't have right now. Okay, let's get into verse 29 back in Acts chapter 4. Verse 29. Now, Lord, so they're finishing up their prayer. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, do what only you can do, but Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need. We need your grace. We can't do what we're supposed to do unless you come through. Help us to speak your word boldly in the midst of this impossible situation. Now, I want to ask us all something, especially you history buffs, if there's any of us out here. Okay? Has a whole lot changed over the centuries? Has there ever been a time since Acts 4 where the word of God, where the good news of Jesus Christ has not experienced great opposition or resistance? Has there ever been a time, today in America even, the good news of Jesus Christ is unwelcome in so many places, classrooms, courtrooms, workplaces. Every passing day we see an increasing um, number of social media platforms that say Jesus is not welcome here either. Considering our current cancel culture, one that celebrates censorship, how long before Jesus is unwelcome even in our churches? Some of us are like, man, that's crazy. I'm telling you that day's coming, and it's coming quick, and we better be wise to pay attention to it. Now, far be it from me that day ever comes to pass here at Fox River Christian Church. But let's not blind ourselves to the rising tide of rebellion and resistance to Jesus Christ and against God's word. Lord, consider our situation today. Lord, grant your servants today great boldness in preaching your word. May your will be done. God, that many would hear, that many would believe, Lord, that many would turn to you and be saved. Verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. That had to be pretty awesome. Maybe scary, but pretty awesome. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. You see, when we pray, he, hear, he hears and he answers. When we pray together, he provides the grace that we need. He enables us and he empowers us to do exactly what he has called and commanded each of us to do. Praying with others makes a difference. Jesus died so that we could be brought near, so that we could live our lives connected to Christ. 
That's why he came. But just like connection with God is impossible from Christ and impossible from his word, our ability to fully experience God is impossible apart from prayer. We must pray. In fact, to not talk to God is like not breathing. You see, when you first believe that Jesus died for your sins and you trust him and his resurrection that occurred three days later, he graces you with new lungs to breathe. But prayer is our oxygen. If we're not praying, we're not breathing. Sometimes I wonder, man, why do I feel so dead? It's because I'm not praying. I'm not breathing that oxygen. Even 15 seconds a day can make a huge difference. Praying with someone can revive your faith. Praying for someone no doubt will awaken your very spirit. With God, all things are possible. And we can depend on him in impossible situations. Praying with others matters. And, by the way, praying for others matters too. We pray that believers would be built up, for sure. But we also pray for those who need him, for those who don't know Jesus yet. We pray for them, that they would turn to him, and that they would trust him to save. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. And he's talking about this idea of some seeds are planted, and some are watered, and some are, some are growing. He talks about this idea, and, he, and here's, here's what that means. Some seeds are sown or planted. That's referring to when someone says something about Jesus and another person hears it for the first time. That's when a seed is planted. So some people, they plant seeds. Other people, though, they water seeds. Okay, Meaning, when they talk about Jesus, it's not the first time that that person heard it. It's like the second or the third or the fourth or so on, right? And whatever they heard before, that seed that was planted before, now it's being reinforced or that seed of faith is being watered. So some people sow or plant seeds. Others come along and they water those seeds. And then you get this really key truth. God gives the growth or God provides the growth. Meaning this, when a person receives, when a person believes the gospel, God causes their spirit to come alive. All right, God gives new life, and God is the one, not the one who planted the seed, not the one who watered it, but God is the one that gives the growth. Oh, God, please do that for every one of us who need you, Lord. Do that for every one of our loved ones who don't know you yet, Lord, that they would experience this faith growth. When they turn to you, Lord God, that you would cause their faith to grow. God, provide what they need. Help them to believe, Lord. Help them to grow in their faith as only you can. Your prayers for others matter. Cry out to God for those you love. Those he has placed in your life, cry out to God for them. For God so loved the world, right? God loves the world. As much as we love some people, you know God loves them a whole lot more, which might be hard for us to get our minds around, but it's true. So pray for those that you love and pray for those same people that God loves. Now, what would stop you from praying for someone this week? Do you know someone who needs Jesus? 
Do you know anyone who does not yet know Jesus as their Savior? Then pray. Pray for that person. That God would send people to plant seeds of faith in their life. That God would send people to water those seeds in their life. That God might provide the growth when that person turns to him in faith. Praying for others will help them. Absolutely. Praying for others will also transform our own hearts to be more like that of Christ also. And that's a beautiful thing. Our prayers for others matter. And by the way, what would stop you from praying with someone this week? Now, I feel like I'm on family feud or something. I know the number one answer, that ding, ding, ding. That It's fear. That's what it is, right? This, I'm, I'm afraid to do that. Now, I'm not going to admit that to like, because I'm tough, you know? Yeah. But, but, man, it's fear. I'm afraid. What, what if they reject me? What if they say, like, no, I don't want to pray with you, loser. Okay? What if they say that? Like, oh, man. Or what if it's awkward? It's definitely going to be awkward. I can't get around that. What if I don't know how to pray? That's going to be really embarrassing. What if I pray wrong, though, for real? Like, oh, man, I could screw this up big time. I mean, I, they, maybe they were, like, about to become a Christian, but I just, eh, I just pushed them away. Now they're going to hell, and it's all my fault. I mean, like, oh, you know. And all this fear just comes in, right? I mean, what if that... Listen, we can overcome that fear. How? With faith. So here's what we do. We draw near to Christ. All right? We, we breathe in some oxygen. All right? And we pray. And we ask God to help us. And then, after we say amen, here's what we do. We don't step out in comfort. We don't step out in confidence. Like, I know I'm going to rock it now. No, we step out in faith. Knowing that if God doesn't come through, we're going to fall flat on our face. Okay? We step out in faith. And you ask your spouse or you ask your friend, you say, would you pray with me? Can we pray together? Something like that. And you see what happens. Love one another. Glorify God together through praying. Your prayers with others make a difference. Don't go another day without oxygen. Pray to God and begin to breathe once again. And if you have not yet trusted Jesus Christ, the one who died for your sins, the one who rose from the grave three days later, the one who offers forgiveness and new life to all who believe, if you haven't trusted him yet, then today is your day. Begin to breathe for the very first time. If you believe, then receive him now. With every eye closed, every head bowed, Let's pray together. If you want to receive Jesus right now, pray these words with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you were resurrected three days later, Lord, so that I could live. I am a sinner, and I need your help. Lord, please forgive me. Please give me new life. Lord, thank you. All of us who call upon Christ as our Lord, as our Savior, those who have been saved by grace through faith, Lord, we pray this prayer together to you now. Lord, thank you for the gift of prayer. We know that our prayers with others, we know that our prayers for others, we know that they matter, we know they make a difference. We see it in your word, and Holy Spirit, you affirm that in our very soul. God, thank you for the gift of prayer. May our communication with you become even more constant, Lord, that our communion would be continuous, Lord. Help us to make a change from this day forward. God, to be with you in prayer, to experience you more and more every day of our lives, God, until we see you face to face on that day, and that day is coming way sooner than any of us expect, Lord. 
Help us to draw near to you, Lord, in the hope, in the expectation, in the confidence, Lord, in faith that you will draw near to us also, that we would be blessed, but God, that you would be glorified in all and through all. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.